It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Half Up Double H. Uh, Carl's not here this week, but we have a guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, I'm Asif. Thanks for having me on. No, nah, man, no problem. We are, we're glad to have you, Carl's a yeah, United yeah, fan. Yeah, we figured, hey, we might as well bring another United fan on the, to talk. If uh, Before we start, you could uh, tell people where they can find you, where they can find your work, all that kind of good stuff. I'm normally on Twitter, to be honest, and you can find me at Asif. 9707 and I'm a freelance writer, talk about Manchester United, Premier League and even La Liga from time to time. Cool. All right. So yeah, uh, Asif's stuff will be in the description of the podcast. Also us, before we start, you can follow us at Talking Tactics on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. If you're on Spotify, follow us on Spotify. If you're on app, if you're listening on Apple device, subscribe. It's free. Before we get to the reviews, I'm going to throw in our patreon stuff right here if you want to look in the description of the podcast again there's a link to our patreon page where you can pledge a certain amount of money each month uh one dollars friend of the podcast three dollars is you get talking tactics extra the backers will get that when this podcast drops perhaps even before if i can get around to uploading it and then if you want to give ten dollars there's merch like you know we can have a discussion if you place that much money and we'll get in contact with you personally and we can discuss what kind of merch you want but yeah this is a little bit of talking tactics extra i'll go ahead and insert that right here so hopefully you guys can like get a little idea of what we're about in terms of talking tactics extra I was going to buy myself a PS4. I was like, we could play this, we could play that. I decided, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to some retro gaming. And I bought myself a PS2. And I've been playing Need for Speed Most Wanted. I've been playing San Andreas. Incredible game. Although it hasn't aged well for someone who is now like, quote, woke. Let me tell you, speaking of woke, this is beautifully connected. I am a GTA obsessive. And literally every GTA game I play, there are only two GTA games that I've not played. San Andreas and the new one. Try and tell me what is the link between the new GTA game and the San Andreas game. <laughs> they have black characters. Don't yeah, they? and I, I can't do a whole game where that's the character acting like that. I'm like, you know what? I can't do it. <laughs> it's a, you don't know how much it pained me that I did not play a GTA game. Painful. So, so you've never played San Andreas? Nope. Wow. 
$3, only $3 a month, and you can get, you know, an extra 30 or 40 minutes with Have Hope, myself, and Carl when he's not otherwise disposed. These are the iTunes reviews. This one's from the United States from Jan Beck. I listen to a bunch of football podcasts, and it's easy to get jaded, but Talking Tactics really offers something new in terms of level of seriousness and more than anything else, insight. It doesn't fail to point out things that I haven't already heard and for the most part avoids too much nerdishness and general silliness. On the other side, one of the hosts, Daniel in question marks, has the most brilliant infectious laugh, which never fails to put me in stitches, and the generally jovial and sometimes combative vibe is a great combo. The hosts all have their allegiances, but maybe he means for the most part, it doesn't get in the way of the serious analysis. Long live talking tactics. Thank you. That was a bit long. This one's from Canada. A little bit shorter. Shout out to the homeland. Found this podcast a few months ago, and I've been hooked since from Yakanga. Great football podcast with interesting perspectives on the game. Will we hear you guys talk about MLS once the season starts? Keep up the good work, lads. All the best. <laughs> we gonna branch into the into the MLS ever double H? You think? I. Why not? It will be difficult. No, no, no. Why you have no? Why not? It will be difficult, but why not? Why not? Uh, and this is from Ashraf23 from Singapore. I've been listening to a few football podcasts, and I must say Talking Tactics is the best. I always look forward to every episode. The recent Mourinho episode was probably my favorite. Keep up the good job, guys. So we will, you know, especially now that people are backing us on Patreon. Shout out to you guys. Uh, so, yeah, those are the reviews. It's an FA Cup weekend. You guys know what we do on FA Cup weekends. We do a, a mailbag episode. So since we have a United writer, the first question is from Kwesi underscore 20. Um, his question is, at what point would Ali become the better choice for Manchester United? As we know, Manchester United have won how many games in a row? Eight? Nine? Something like that? Yeah, it's been eight games eight. in a row. Eight games in a row since Jose Mourinho has left. So I, his question is, at what point would you accept Ali Gunnar becoming, I suppose, the official manager at Manchester United? Would he have to, like secure top four, win a trophy, or is it just the general happiness that he's brought back to the club is good enough for you? Looking at it from a, the board's point of view, or Ed Woodward, they would really want the reasons to give him the job. For sure, he's a lackable character and person who's played at the football club for a number of years and has also won the Premier League, uh, helped us to win the Champions League. But I think top four has to be the minimum that Solskjaer has to achieve in order to like really get the job and be seen as the main candidate for the job ahead of the likes of your Zidane, Pochettino, Antonio Conte and whoever else is linked with the job. If Solskjaer is appointed as the manager, a director of football surely has to come in. Although Solskjaer is um, like doing really well at the moment, the focus now begins to move away from the Glazers and Ed Woodward. When Mourinho was at the, uh, at the club for the final months, a lot of the focus was back onto the board and Ed Woodward of what a step will it take? Will the Glazers now sell the club now because they're on the decline? And will someone, uh, will someone else come in and help to take the club to where it used to be? Mainly, they just all is about the money and they don't have no footballing knowledge or sense. They're just busy in America focusing on the sporting clubs and sporting teams they own over there. And they don't really bother about us. You hardly see him at any of the games, even if it's one of the biggest games against Liverpool or City of the season. So looking at it as a whole, uh, yeah, like I was mentioning about the big games, I think it'll always be about the intent uh, and uh, 
mindset of going to the big games of playing possessing football and playing to win the three points as as long as he shows that that's has to be a factor towards him giving the permanent job um for me i think it's getting very close i think when um united beats tottenham i said you now have to pencil him in you have to pencil him in at the very least i think with the continuing win and them beating arsenal he now has to be consideration again it's not there yet because again their biggest win was against tottenham i still feel that if Mourinho was in charge they may have actually still beaten Arsenal. So, but Tottenham, that was one in which if Mourinho was in charge, um, United don't win that game, 100%. So I just think that it's a case of where he has to now really be put under consideration because you have to say to yourself that, how likely are you of getting Pochettino? Or are you now going to now take the risk of like, let's now try and find this well-known manager who has a, a, a history and, and everything and he comes and he fails again. As of right now, this seems to be working, you know. This seems to be the most confident and the most swaggerous that United have been probably since Ferguson. I mean, maybe there were a few games in which Moyes looked good with them and everything, but for a run of seven, eight games, is the best I've seen United look since the days of Ferguson. You know, just the way in which they're playing and their consistency. So I'm already seeing this right now. I said a smart bet is on United beating PSG. I think if you want a really smart bet, put money right now, tonight, right now. Go right now and put a bet on United beating PSG. Because if they win that, I mean, my gosh, it's like, why would you now go and look for someone else? You know, like if they were to win that game, go into the, the next round, if they get top, because my whole thing is that if they don't get top four, but they play really well, do you still look for someone else? Because if he gets if he gets top four, that's it's that seals the deal. Based on where they were and they get top four, that seals the, the, the deal. But if they don't get top four, but everyone is happy with him, they enjoy him, they're playing well, but they're just locking getting top four. Do you, because again, it's a risk. Do you not pay that money to another manager? He comes in successful for like maybe a season, horrible for the next few seasons, and you're back to square one again. Mm. You know, someone someone's made a comment more. He said, So Lukaku pushed out wide right works. When I said United should try that and partner him with Alexis back in October, Double H laughed at the idea from Abdullah. I'm going to use this question as kind of segueing into another one. How do you feel he's changed the team or looking at tactics differently that might suggest that he should stay? It's kind of an example of something that he's tried so mm. far. He's obviously looked at maybe what Martinez did with Belgium, also what he did with Everton, and like hmm, maybe Lukaku out wide right could work in that way. I can put um, Lingard more in like a number nine position, false nine, because he's more adept on the ball in that way, maybe. I don't know the, the thinking exactly, but it seems to work. For me, I, th I think it's dependent on the opposition that you're playing. I think against Arsenal and Brazil, based on how open they are, how attacking they are, the kind of space that they give you, he works. So if you know that you're going to be given space and you're going to be able to counter very easily based on the high line the opposition plays, then yeah, Lukaku wide... Right helps, but if you're playing a team that defends very well, is very well balanced, Lukaku wide right doesn't help. Then you actually need somebody who actually is good on the ball, which Lukaku isn't, because I think the Lukaku wide right works well where he's given space because I think Lukaku has shown that he's actually good at decision making, mm. and he's good at making the right footballing decision. So he's he's good there. So his his football IQ is good, but his ability just doesn't match his football IQ. Normally, news doesn't happen on Monday, but this has been a special Monday. Morata's been loaned to uh, Atletico Madrid. Mm -hmm. Callum Hudson-Odoi isn't leaving. 
But I think the major news that's dropped today is, and you guys kind of alluded to it. You, you alluded to his team anyway, because um, mm. they have a match coming up next week. Neymar allegedly perhaps is going to be out for the remainder of the season because he has a foot injury. Someone asked us a question, a guy called 23. Thoughts on Neymar out for the season again. How do you feel this Neymar injury affects, number one, the Champions League tie? Depending, we can get into like how this affects Neymar just in terms of his his standing. But uh, just this injury, how do you feel it affects things? That's why I said puts money on United to win this tie. Everything is now on, on, on Mbappe. It's not on Mbappe's shoulders. Like He's now the guy. I think that's a bit too much pressure for him to take, but he has to shoulder it because without Neymar, the way United are playing, this now becomes a much more even game. PSG still are overall the better team, but tactically, when you look at PSG's weaknesses and they've lost their talisman, a, a guy that's who defines their attack, I mean, my gosh, this that's it's, it's, it's huge. It's a massive thing. So I think... For Tuchel and Pietro now, they're now sweating because they're like, they are seeing how United are playing and they've been scouting them and they're like, we're in real trouble here <laughs> in, in in both legs. So, yeah, it is um, it is a huge, huge, colossal, massive, monumental boost for United. Because I'm, I'm sure like when the draw first happened, Mourinho was still in charge. There was more like a negative energy surrounding the club, but now Solskjaer's come in and you guys are now playing well. Now Neymar goes down as have hope alludes to is their he's their talisman he's their best player how do you feel about the ties coming up over the next few weeks are you feeling obviously you're feeling more confident that's not even a, a wise question but do you think you can actually win chances have increased for sure but you just never know these days when it comes to football like it just comes down to small magical moments moments of brilliance that anyone can produce sometimes you can just like it could just come out from a defender or a centre back out of nowhere, and you just think you you didn't really expect him to score out of all people. But yeah, for sure, um, Neymar not pl- uh, playing well at the moment. It just seemed like he will be missing both legs, which does really um, allow Solskjaer to maybe use his tactics to another level once the fixtures come closer. But like, yeah, uh, PSG still have. Good players in their squad, don't get get me wrong, they still have their individuals that can come up with goals, but obviously Neymar is one of the best players in the world. He is in that, I'd say, top five category, so they really are going to miss a player like him. Then obviously it does come down to like injuries that can happen at any time, so still got a long way to go till the fixture, to be honest, at Old Trafford, so anything else could happen to PSG or even for United. But yeah, for sure. We've got to take the game to PSG more like yeah, Old Trafford. We cannot stay in a defensive mindset of like if it was under Mourinho, we'd be like thinking let's just park the bus. We could just like as long as we concede only one or two goals, then we should be able to maybe produce a magical comeback of sorts away away in Paris. That's how the mindset would have been now. Majority of the squad would be now thinking in the social. We should be able to take PSG apart at home get a couple of goals if we if we concede one goal maybe so as long as we can score two three goals and then just take it from there that's how the squad uh, the players and the manager will be thinking right now to be honest it's become more tasty over the over the past few weeks yep. especially with with uh with united's uptick i think a lot of people saw that match as a formality but it isn't quite um do you guys know the thing about neymar's sister have you guys read about this no. where Uh-oh. every march 11th that's neymar's sister's birthday for the past five years, 
well, certainly the past four years, if he was suspended, suspended, had injury, had injury. And if this injury is as bad as Tuchel seems to think it is, and as bad as many of the people in France seem to think it is, he's going to be out again. So this is the fifth time in five years that Neymar's missed football during his sister's birthday. Yeah, actually, I've seen those tweets on social media recently. <laughs> if, if, it was, if it was the one or two season, you'd think of it as just maybe luck coming by, but then I don't really know what's going on, to be honest. Like, it's going to be five straight seasons in a row. Like, it cannot be a fluke at all. <laughs> From a United fan, a fan point of view, I'll be really happy with that, to be honest. But, like, obviously, as a normal football fan, you'd be there thinking, like, What's going on here? Like, really, what is going on? It's 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 just odd. It's well, odd. It's just, it's just like he's had he's been injured at the same exact time for five years straight. Well, he's been injured three years straight, and mm. before that, he was suspended for two straight seasons. <laughs> so there's like a conspiracy theory of sorts that like Neymar loves his sister so much that he always just gets injured or gets suspended. That way, he can spend uh, time with his sister for her birthday. It's weird. It's not as weird as Oscar and his sister. That's even more weird. I don't know what's up with Brazilians and their sisters. But, yeah, I just figured I'd bring it up because it's funny to me. So, Shady McGrady, MF Bane 301 Thoughts on Pochettino basically saying winning trophies doesn't matter? Loser's mentality. <laughs> Simple. Like, that's, that, that's simply a loser's mentality. That's, that's brick status. That's brick theory. Like, you can't say that top four is not, is not a trophy. Never has been, never will. So I don't know this new cool thing now, like, oh my gosh, top four is a great achievement. Yeah, it's an achievement. It's not a trophy. And it will never, ever, ever be a greater achievement than a trophy. So, okay, not, okay, so like so, someone's also asked Aaron 20, when is the proper time to announce that manager in North London, not the Red North, so obviously he means Tottenham, mm. is a flop? I mean, really. And then someone else asks, uh, Red won 200. With Spurs out of all domestic cups this season, what are the odds of them possibly winning the league or the Champions League this season? Or or do you think it's an impossibility? I guess people are getting at, like, Spurs are basically going to go trophyless again. And then the manager comes out and says, winning trophies doesn't matter. And to me, I'm more like, there's the there's a theory that Asif kind of pointed out that, like, if Solskjaer doesn't do well, then you have Zidane's out there, Conte's out there, Pochettino for the Manchester United job, perhaps. If he was managing Manchester United with the history they have, the players they have, the money that they have, it, would he come out and say trophies don't matter? I don't think he would. Mm. So, so part of me thinks he's saying this only because Levy hasn't given him any money. They're supposed to be in their home stadium. They're still at Wembley. The squad hasn't really been improved. It's a good squad. It's probably... The first 11 is one of the best four in England. But it's more like, because I manage Spurs, trophies don't matter. And now people are kind of extrapolating that as, like, that's his outlook on football in general. And I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Like, what, what do you think he actually thinks? Do you think this is what he believes? Or do you think this is just what he says because he's Spurs manager? I think it's more towards, like, he's trying to make a point that this is where he can take Tottenham. If you look at it as a whole of the main teams in the Premier League, if it wasn't for Pochettino, I think Spurs would easily be in the top six instead of the top four. Like, once Arsenal, United, Chelsea get back into their A game, Spurs are completely out of the top four. So, to be honest, he shouldn't be taking away what Pochettino's done for Spurs over the last couple of years, but 
Uh, on top of, but uh, other than that, you gotta look at that he hasn't brought any silverware. Like no matter what, like in the FA Cup, he's always been maybe in the semi-final where they lost, and then in the Capital One Cup or EFL Cup, whatever you want to call it. Now it's just not been simply good at all. But then it's not like he's just picking a bad team on purpose or his team are not showing up. Like injuries are playing a part, but like the fact that he's not won one or two trophies over the last couple of years will have like a lot of the rival fans stating that he's just not good enough to manage a team like Barcelona, Manchester United or Real Madrid. He's trying to make a point to Levy that this is how much he can do unless you're willing to splash the cash, which he has not done at all during the, the, the January transfer window, although it's nearly coming to an end. When he was linked to the United job in the press conference, um, it was about a month or so ago, one or two English journalists were asking questions and he didn't respond at all. He didn't even say that he, he's, his main focus is Tottenham and he has, no, he has no aim of moving to another club anytime soon. It just feels like a bit that Levy and Pochettino maybe just trying to like get at each other maybe. This is where Tottenham's standard is now under Pochettino. Once they... Once after the Pochettino era, they'll go back to reality where they'll be finishing outside the top four. I mean, you can ask any Spurs fan, they'll probably say that Maurizio Pochettino is probably the best manager that's coached them in probably about a long, long time, which says it all considering the fact he hasn't brought any silverware to the club as of yet. And, and this is a question we've always talked about, but I guess we haven't talked about it in a while and maybe you've rethought things. Do you think Spurs need to win a trophy in order to validate this? It depends what they want. And this just goes back to Levy and how you view the club. Hmm. Do you view the club just as a business? If you view it as a business, it's great. Net spend is cool. You're competitive. You actually are overachieving. Great. If you're doing it as a business, all great. If you view it as a football club, a competitive football club, any club that is competing and getting close to it needs to invest. You're like, oh my gosh, we're so close with these players. Okay, we need a player here, a player there, a player there, then we can really get there and really do, do his whole thing. Like for Pep, he was like, bam, boom, we didn't really do, do too well. That's my first season. I need this defender, this midfielder, this, and that's for us to improve, for us to really close that gap and, 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 and to make that leap. So it's really dependent on Levy and how Levy views the club. You know, And I think for me, he views it as a business. And because he views it as a business, he's like, mates, you're you're overachieving. Um, you're in a position where you, they should really be based on the other teams that are around who have far more money and a far deeper squad than you. So again, it's like, you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, as long as our business um, graphs and model look good, then we're all cool. So for Tottenham and for the kinds of players that they have and so forth, you have to strive for more. You have to strive for more. If you can't win trophies, then what's the point? Because for me, I've I've come to the realization now that can we, re- should, we should we really be praising Harry Kane without a trophy? <laughs> like, should we, should, should we really be calling him world class without a trophy? This is obviously this is going to go someplace I don't want it to go. Are you saying that you have to win a trophy in order to be world class? I, th- I, th- I think um, I'm getting towards that point. Either I don't, I don't know what the right term should be, whether it's world class or elite. For me, I don't think Harry Kane should be allowed to eat at the same table as Suarez or Lewandowski. I don't think he should be. I mean, he, I mean, he can be in the corridor or something, but he can't be allowed on the on the table. Go to the kids' table, but to the main dining table, the main place. Nah, you 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 can't be allowed there. 
you know. So I don't know why I should just praise a dude for scoring loads of goals, but if not scored a goal that has helped a team win a trophy. This is this is the thing about Tottenham, and I think I've kind of alluded to this. Like Tottenham's level isn't supposed to be trophy winning. Their level is supposed to be why seventh, so? seventh through th- like fourth, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like at best, that's their level. And Pochettino has come in and installed a system, installed a way of playing. Of I, I forget exactly like his ethos, but he's it, it's just the energy that he brings mm-hmm. has caused this team, this collection of players, to play probably above what they're what they are. So should you expect a team that's playing, and you even said it yourself, that are playing above what you would expect from? Well, then, 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 then if they do that, then that is that should give you more owners to actually invest because if i'm a chairman i'm like my gosh look at what my employee is doing with such limited resource and how he's getting over and beyond the resources my gosh this guy he's earned the right to get more players and let me go into my pockets maybe go slightly into the red to give him more players because this guy employee it's almost like if if you're in in a business if an employee does really well you have to reward him and with regards to football i think that's pochettino's reward would be yo i'm going to now give you the funds in which to actually um Im- improve the team so you can be fully competitive yeah but like can you blame then harry kane for not winning a trophy if his yeah. chairman won't invest in the club if i get injured and the backup to me is lorente and you go and play in league cup games and fa cup games and you get knocked out so then when i'm fit i can't come and play in the next round play in a final because you think lorente is a good backup that's not my fault. My thing is, if you want to be called elite, then leave the, the club. Either you go to the chairman and the tenants that are you guys going to attract players? That's what Van Persie did. Because Van Persie, that's Van Persie went to Wenger and said, "No, I believe that we need to be going more into players." And Wenger said, "No, no, you shouldn't be saying that stuff to me." And then he he left. <laughs> and people say, "Oh, Van Persie, how can you blather? You're so arrogant." I defended what Van Persie was doing, and I defended how he approached that situation. So for me, it's like for Hurricane, you have to, if you want me to take you seriously, you go to Levy and to um, President says, are you guys going to invest? You're not going to invest? I'm handing in my transfer request. I'm going into a team that I feel is of my standard and my level that will help me win a trophy. Coming up, think about Tottenham and say what, what type of position they would be in right now if they weren't going to buy a new stadium. So, for instance, they could just be back at White Hart Lane where they made it a fortress before they had to leave and maybe they could have just had another 100 or 150 million to spend, but would Levy be giving that much money to Pochettino to spend or would he be just be like keeping it to himself? That's another question to like think about. Like maybe push for a league title there, like a league title challenge maybe just to win the FA Cup or EFL Cup before deciding to move to the new stadium in a couple of years' time. Tottenham, the only thing they're missing is just the squad depth. And maybe, like, of course, a winning mentality is required to win any any cups or titles, for sure. But, like, three, four players in the squad uh, as a squad options, as someone to rotate around for Hurricane, for maybe... Human son or Christian Eriksen, like it's now led to like a lot of bad situ- situations due to injuries. Been forced to bring Lorente back into the team. Christian Eriksen now plays more of a like a box to box. So believe it or not, even though he is one of the best number ten players in the in the league, and if, if I could bring like the likes of Oliver Skip 
and just a, a few other youngsters into the team, we'd be thinking, would this be the same situation for any of the other big teams in the league? That's why Tottenham are not on the same level as the rest, and they're just like overachieving at the moment. Pochettino has took them to the level they are on at the moment, but Levy has to do his bit to help them at least reach to maybe, say, Arsenal's level or, or just below Chelsea. Speaking of Chelsea, actually, um, which question, which Chelsea question do I want to ask first? Who should Chelsea be looking at this summer, both positions and names, to fill the coach's needs and or possible departures? Where do you think Chelsea need to buy in the summer from Gowan 6-9? I believe that they need a right-back, a really good quality right-back. That's the first thing. So either a, a really good quality guy, dude that can either play right or left-back as a wing-back, so can go forward and also defend as well. I think if there is a young, good quality striker, that's another that's another dude that they, they, they should get. Maybe try and look at... and. Um, a wide man. So I think like a wing back, a striker, and a wide forward. I want to say, I mean, if we're actually just going to look at this like in depthly, they need a backup goalkeeper because Cavalero isn't good enough, really. <laughs> they probably need a center back if Louise isn't going to sign a contract, if Cahill's going to go. Maybe you bring back Zuma, but I don't know if the club trusts him in that way, which is a shame. If if Ola Aina, I'm actually going to go really in-depth in this. If Ola Aina is going to stay in Torino, then you do need a right back, as Half Hope says. I would like to see Alonso sold. Mm. Alonso didn't start the FA Cup game, which mm. means Emerson is probably going to start the game. So maybe Sarri's kind of come around to the idea that maybe I should give Emerson a chance. So I I, I don't want to say Chelsea need a left back necessarily because i haven't seen emerson but i'll let you get your point before i continue no 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 for, for me no my thing was um oh gosh, I it was success. But, but basically no 100 like alonso he 100 like doesn't work like like he, he 100 100 does, doesn't work and i think that with emerson again you saw how different it was and i, and I think, think oh sorry that was, that was my my point emerson 100 give him a, a chance but my thing is that as for the quetzal comes wrong <laughs> he's very dependable but he can't move he's just a good defender so literally you're getting nothing from the right back position because he's extremely predictable from the based on how limited he is with the ball and how little he can run you you see why i wanted moses to just accept his fate and like mm -hmm. he played right wing back and he was better defensively than he was in the wing part so mm -hmm. I was like, why don't you just accept your fate and pull a Ashley Young, pull a Ashley, Valen Ashley Valencia, Antonio Valencia, and just understand that you're a failed winger. No disrespect to your Nigerian brother, whatever the case may be. Uh, just understand what you are and just accept your role as a right back. And he would have been far more dynamic than Aspilicueta and Zeppo Costa for that matter. Wait, 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 All he wait, had wait. to do was swallow his wait, wait, wait. pride and Let's become say, a fullback, and wait, he didn't wait. do it. Let's say Moses... Isn't team? Where does that leave us? Aspilicueta. So you say Aspilicueta with Luisa in the central defense, or Aspilicueta would be the number one backup for all positions. Oh my God! You wouldn't even put him in the team. He doesn't wow. fit. As you said, he's slow. He's not great on the ball. He's just a really good defender. He can play left back. He can play right back. He can play center back. If you need a space to fill, you need rotation. Someone gets injured. He's perfect to slot in anywhere. You need him. Wow. That's bad. I'm being ruthless. <laughs> I mean, but he's... No, the very fact that you would have Luis and Rudiger both ahead of him in central defense, the fact that he'd be on the bench 
if Moses was our right back, I mean that's deep. I think loses. I think Louisa Rudiger are far better on the ball than Asper Lequeta, and you need people in the team that have an eye for a pass, especially if Jorginho is just going to be passing backwards and sideways <laughs> most of the time. Um, so central midfield, I feel like Chelsea are good, depending on if you can get rid of Kovacic, if you can get rid of Barkley, maybe you need one. Um, you can bring back Mason Mount if you want. Bakayoko is not going to come back. He's, he's going to stay in Milan. I, you know what? I'd like to see Marco Van Ginkle be given a try in a number eight role somewhere, but I feel like Jorginho, Conte, Loftus-Cheek should be the three moving forward. We're going to have to see what happens with Hazard in the summer. We're going to have to see what happens with Higuain, Giroud, in terms of those attacking situations. The most interesting thing is what happens with Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, if I can make a little transition here, someone asked the question, what's the better deal for each club excluding merchandising? Shout out, Kadeem. Pulisic to Chelsea or Hudson-Odoi to Bayern? And someone says Hudson-Odoi is staying at Chelsea until the summer. So it came out today from the German press, I believe, Bild, reputable German news source, that Hudson-Odoi is not going to be leaving Chelsea for Bayern Munich this transfer window. Um, And they're going to try to make something happen in the summer, Bayern Munich. So I guess that's good news for Chelsea fans that maybe Hudson-Odoi has a little bit longer to maybe be coax back into staying, perhaps. Um, but Kadeem asked, Pulisic to Chelsea or Hudson-Odoi to Bayern? What's the better deal for each club, not including merchandising? Pulisic is not the finished product as of yet. You could say the same about Hudson-Odoi for sure, but like maybe uh, Bayern Munich will develop in a better way. Like You've seen with your Reef Nelson and Sancho so far this season in the Bundesliga. Whilst when it does come to the big teams in the Premier League, it's really hard for the young players to get a chance. And if Pulisic does come in, he'll maybe just be squad rotation for the time being. Because then Hudson, like Bayern Munich, they're really good when it comes to um, helping the young players to develop into the next level and help them to progress so well. Although they've maybe had a few issues with one or two youngsters here and there, but they've, they did well with Kingsley Coman once upon a time. Kimmich, over the last couple of years, he had been really good. It just comes down to if Sadri just now gives up on Pedro and William. Pulisic has to be an instant hit in the one or two games he gets, maybe during the pre-season tour or the one or two first games of the season. He has to like just hit the ground running, which is easier said than done considering he's still a really young player and he's not the clinical type of winger that many might think he is. Good question to ask, to be honest, but I'd say... Hudson Odai at Bayern Munich would probably hit the ground running better than Pulisic. More towards the amount of game time he'll receive due to Bayern having ageing wingers at the moment. While at Chelsea, it'll be really hard for Pulisic purely because it just seems like Pedro and William starting in the right wing position will just keep on going for some time. Oh, Hudson Odai to Bayern easily. That's easily the, the, the better move. Um... <laughs> Because just to reiterate what Asif was saying is, um, you look, look just Bayern is just, it's a better run club. It's bigger, it's more prestigious. From already what I've seen, I think that's Horton Odoi has a bigger upside to um, Pulisic. And again, for Pulisic, it's like, I don't, I, I cannot guarantee that his physical build, his gameplay and everything, he would work well in Sarri's system and in the, in the Premier League. You know, the Bundesliga is not as ferocious and as intense and as physically demanding as the Premier League is, and Sarri's system isn't as free-flowing and there isn't as much running and, and space 
as Dortmund's system under Tuchel that Politico was playing for. And, and for Horton Odoi, he's actually very similar to Kingsley Coman, as in they play in a very similar way. And I do feel that maybe he could actually do what Coman is doing, but but but, but better, because I think Bound only trusts Coman. So there is definitely a place for Horton Odoi to walk, and I would see his football and playing style working for the role he's required for as Bayern as opposed to um, Pulisic with Chelsea. I think I already gave my answer, Kadim. I'm, I'm going to go with Hudson Odoi to Bayern. Because one, I, 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 I think Asif is right when he points out Pulisic isn't a prolific player by any stretch. Technically gifted, for sure. America's um, best ever player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kadim wisely points out, like, merchandising aside, because if you if you include the merchandising, then obviously Chelsea buying, as Hafo puts it, the best player America's ever produced is smart fiscally, and you're bound to get a bunch of sponsorship deals and whatnot. But if you're just looking on the pitch and what each club needs, Chelsea don't need a right-footed right winger um, who doesn't carry a goal threat. If anything, they need a left-footed right forward who does have goals. Shout out Nico Pepe um, from from Lille. I don't think it makes too much sense on the pitch unless Hazard is leaving and they think we'll put Pulisic on the left and kind of take advantage of him having a right foot in that way. But still, you're still not getting enough goals that the team needs, especially if the striker situation has question marks around it because Higuain's just alone. Barata's gone now. Who knows what's going to happen with Bashuai? Giroud is now coming out and saying like, they're playing Hazard at number nine instead of me. Like, I get it because he's good, but I'm a striker at the end of the day, so maybe he's going to go because his contract is up at the end of the season. So you need goals, and Pulisic isn't going to give you goals. So it doesn't make sense on the pitch for Chelsea, whereas Hudson-Odoi makes a lot of sense, especially as you guys pointed out, because Ribéry's gone, Robin's gone. And as we keep pointing out, like, Coleman, if he gets another ankle injury, that could be the end of his career, perhaps. So the winger spots at Bayern are more attainable than than those at Chelsea. And I just think Hudson Odoi is just a better player and he's younger. Pill Bill at Black Emoji. Since when have youth players been entitled to getting gains without earning opportunities or oh, proving no. themselves? <laughs> I, I, so just, just like, how can you prove yourself if you don't get games? Would be my kind of response to this question. So, so this like, in response to the whole Hudson Odoi thing. Yes. If, if I'm reading this question right, I guess he's like a bit perturbed at... Hudson Adoy for thinking he's entitled to playing games, but and he wants Hudson Adoy to prove himself. But how do you prove yourself if you don't get minutes on the pitch? If you're looking at it from Hudson Adoy's point of view, like what, what can I do to prove myself? And it's either you can either the only maybe how some youngsters may feel to prove themselves is going out on loan to whether that's another club in England or maybe out abroad. But then other than that, you really gotta think. Like how can you prove yourself? Because even when you're on the bench, fifteen twenty minutes each game does not really give you enough time to like really show if you're the real deal. Because majority of the your best players in the team will be tired, and you only hit in that fifteen last twenty minutes, and maybe you're the only one that has the full stamina and pace to keep the side going, and it's like really putting like a lot of weight on your own shoulders. So it's really hard for youngsters nowadays, but uh, some English players are now learning to move abroad and just take that tough decision, even though the language barrier and new league, they do come down as 
either positive or negative for some youngsters. But now the young players are now learning to take these challenges on. Some things that even the likes of, say, Wayne Rooney didn't do, Steven Gerrard or Lampard or Scholes didn't do during their young early days. So you got to give a lot of credit to like Santo and Reese Nelson for moving to the Bundesliga. And if Hudson Odoi does the same, only people that would be disappointed would be the Chelsea supporters and the rest will just be happy to see another young talent prove themselves abroad. I try my best not to read tweets. I try to like re- recount them, but you know what? I'm going to read a tweet today. Um, all right, so some, some account who's mildly popular on, on Twitter said the following. Who discovered Cho? Cho being Callum Hudson's doy. Who gave him the facilities to develop his talent? Question mark. Who gave him all the tactical medical trainings? Question mark. Who gave him good money at such a young age? Question mark. Who made him worth $35 million today? Question mark. The club. <laughs> and this, this, uh, Carl isn't here, so I can use this word. This triggered me to a point. Like, and I've been, I've been holding this argument in for a long time. And I read the tweet and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my tweet out of some shit that I've been thinking about for a while. Excuse my swear words. And this is, this is what I responded. And I'm just going to read my tweet. Cho made himself who he is through his own hard work. Hudson Adoy isn't your nigga. He isn't Chelsea's slave. Stanford Bridge isn't a plantation last I checked. <laughs> if, if he wants to leave, guess oh what? Oh, my God. If he wants to leave, guess what? He gets to make it happen. You guys simply need to get a grip and deal with it. I've been holding this in too long. Some of you really treat footballers like they're your chattel. The moment a player gains a percentage more power than they're normally afforded, some of you start losing your minds, talk about, be grateful, look at what we did for you. How many footballers have come through Chelsea's academy at this point? Thousands. If Chelsea are just cranking out Hudson Adore 11 Talos, please show me where they've been hiding at. Cho is using Chelsea. Fans don't like it, but he and his team are playing a perfect game. I don't know. I just I don't understand the mentality of people who are like, we gave everything to you. You should be loyal to us. Like, nah, this is my career. It's my life. I get to do what I want. Like, you don't own me. You know what I mean? Like that that that, I mean, that, that entitled attitude just really pisses me off, man. That's not I mean, because that is the undertone that I have been seeing because I just see a lot of people because people don't understand how football works. And I think people need to understand that this is a business. Okay, I don't want, okay, I wouldn't try and say this without sort of being too harsh. <laughs> be harsh, be harsh. <laughs> okay, 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 no, fine. Okay, I'll be real. You have a life beyond this club. If your club is your be all and end all of your entire life, your life isn't very worthwhile and it isn't, and, and it isn't, that's that, that's great. As a human being, there should be things much more important than a flipping badge and a flipping institution that represents trying to get the ball inside a fishnet. So this belief that a young black man who has an opportunity to further his career because a better institution wants him, how can you begrudge him that? And as you said, you can have the best facilities in the world. The best facilities in the world will still make Morata a brick. I'm sure Marata had all the access to the to the best attacking coaches, the best psychologists. He still missed. <laughs> so you can have the best facilities in the world. Football training works based off the um, effort you put in. Balotelli could have been one of the best strikers of his generation. 
And Balotelli, I'm sure, had access to the best trainers, coaches who would have done everything to get the best out of this amazing talent. You know what? He didn't put the efforts in. He didn't put the work in. And therefore, he never really realized his, his talents. So no club, as I said, owns you. You're not indebted to any club. That is a pile of crap. I feel, I feel you should be indebted to your country because I do really believe in your country that gives you values, that gives you an identity and so forth. But even with countries, that's a whole separate thing. A club, <laughs> a club, a same club that will spit you out and throw you out whether you like it or not, a same club that has about half of the world's population out on loan. So... It's cool. <laughs> you know, seriously, like so. So basically, when guys talk like that, they're talking from I mean, very tri narrow-minded, tribalistic um, points of view. So. It's just, it, it annoys me. Um, in the in the same vein, but moving on. Thoughts on Arsenal's ambassador's friend referring to Alex Awobi? Oh God, as a gorilla from AJ Cool Sixteen. Um, if you guys don't know about this, a famous Bollywood actress, one of her friends was like. Alex Awobi's a gorilla. Evolution must have stopped with him, something, this and that. And she's just like, ha, 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 something. I don't know why we still have him in the team or something to that effect. And she's an Arsenal ambassador at that. And then she came out and said, oh, it was my fault. I didn't understand, da, da, da. <laughs> Are you real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh it's... God. Just a PSA to anyone who doesn't know, like, uh, don't put black on your face, number one, and <laughs> stop <laughs> and stop calling black people like monkeys and apes. And that's just not cool. Okay, I guess we can kind of leave that there. We don't have to. We don't have to go into it. It's quite simple. All right, so let's do the rest of these questions kind of quick. All right, and this is this one's just a statement from just Jeffrey, not a question, just a fact you need to know. Adulterat is the goat. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> You know, he could have been really, really good. But again, he's just kind of one of those wasted talents. Apart from replacing Ronaldo, what do Real Madrid have to do to get back to the top of La Liga? Obviously, everyone knows Florentino Perez, and he has always had his own way when it comes down to a lot of the things that, of how the club is run. But I think there's more to it than the Ronaldo departure of how the, the club were being successful like it just did come down to a bit of luck in the Champions League because I think there's a lot, there's always that question of what's more hard, your league title or to win the Champions League. I think obviously everyone t tends to have mixed opinions on that. I wouldn't go too <laughs> into that, to be honest. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've read those tweets. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? Red, red, what? What? Ah! His tweet said, I can't repeat it. I don't think over these airways. And the Bollywood what actress who had the wrong story says, bro, won't be sorry. I don't give dog ish itches anytime of day. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Asif. I'm sorry. I ruined your point. Back to Real Madrid. My bad. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So back to Real Madrid. You gotta look at how <laughs> the squad's been like. Going along like this, there's always more to Ronaldo. Like there's always more to the Amadeus, Sorry, to Ronaldo. Before Ronaldo came in, they were still had their great players, and they did win the league title and the Champions League for sure. Like although Ronaldo did take them to that next level of being champions of Europe for such a long time, but you gotta look back at their squad where they're all missing 
players here and there, how they can just become the Real Madrid they once were known for. Now they just it just feels like uh, teams are just like just getting along with their fixtures and just like just miss and miss and hit in some of the games. Like when you look at the midfield, for sure, Cruz and uh, Tony Cruz and Luka Modric are world class players, but you just gotta look at how they are like declining in some ways. It's not easier to reveal these reasons, but like it just comes down to like how important it is to having a footballing system. Without a footballing system, havoc is caused, and you can just see it with their defense. They've always had defensive issues. You just like sometimes look at Ramos and you just think he's just one second away from being sent off, and then you just look at how Real Madrid have been forced to use Marcelo as like more of a, a winger, even though he's a left back. For sure, they're not creating enough chances as they used to do because a lot of the oppositions were focused on man-marking Ronaldo, making sure two, three players are on him, so then the less amount of chances he gets, the, amount, the less amount of goals the opposition concede. But you just got to look at like how the team have been coping. Like I think they've probably conceded more goals than... I think, I think it's probably more than Getafe at the moment. And like The attacking quality, they do miss Ronaldo for sure, and it's their fault for... Not bring like for now they put a lot of the weight on Vincent Junior's shoulders because he's just a young player and he's not he's like in a similar position to Pulisic he's not at the finished product of being a regular starter for Real Madrid although he does deserve to be in the first team lineup for sure right now because Gaspar's injury prone here and there and they have the Lucas Vasquez and Asensio who are simply like drifting away from the potential path they had in the Zidane. Although Benzema's had probably having one of his best seasons in recent years, to be honest, mainly because everyone thinks now Ronaldo's gone, ben, the real Benzema's unlocked. But there's <laughs> a lot of, like, the real a lot of issues with the team at the moment. Like, I could say that Isco's not, like, he doesn't fit really well into the first team lineup, which is quite a surprise. But then you might be missing James Rodriguez as a, good, a really good set-piece taker and so on, who's really good in the final third of the pitch. So Real Madrid have overall like not really planned life after Ronaldo either well, which is why they're all just now now the main reason to why whenever Real, Real Madrid lose or if they go out from the Champions League anytime soon or something, they'll just be like, oh, this is now the aftermath after Ronaldo's gone. But it's purely come down to the planning, like... Perez should have known that Ronaldo wants to leave and like because they, they had some small type of beef, if you would like to call it. I think Perez should have like really known like to keep a lookout for someone that can bring in 20, 30 goals a season, which is now what they're missing. Because before Ronaldo left, Benzema was probably just about getting 10 goals average in the league every season. Then Lucas Vasquez, Asensio, they just Asensio has potential for sure to be uh, a Real Madrid regular starter, but you got to look at how, what the team that they used to once have when they used to have the likes of Di Maria, Ozil. They used to have really good players before and now it's just come down to poor planning and I think many will just think that Mourinho will return to Real Madrid in the summer and that's when the Galactico signings come in once again but it only lasts for a couple of years. In the long run, it won't, it won't be the best idea there's been a lot of reasons they should like should have known it coming like maybe you could just look at Barcelona right now where they tried to go for Griezmann and they were once upon a time um, interested in Mbappe before he went to PSG and you could maybe call it as 
Galactico signing in a similar way, but maybe just in terms of like, maybe they just think it's the best way to replace the best player in the world is by just keep on buying the best players in Europe, to be honest. So, like, it comes down to a lot of factors for sure, but Ronaldo has been one of the reasons, but there's been a lot of more reasons to why the Amadeus have been suffering a average season. He kind of took it all. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like there's literally no, I mean, no, he pretty much has hit every point. Like, he cleaned the bone, bro. He cleaned the bowl. Yeah, no, he cleaned the bowl slow, but maybe I'm just I'm just gonna just keep licking the the, the, the ball like 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 a starving guy from, from, from the streets. And all <laughs> I would pretty much say is um Benzema, I just think is a very I think that's that's the interesting one. I mean they told Paris, we already know the whole thing about Paris and Christina, but Benzema is the interesting one because have we did we ever really see Leon Benzema for Real Madrid for a season? Because every time I see Benzema, even because I watched the game against Espanol, and when Benzema really does stuff, I'm like, you know, this guy can be one, can be a bloody amazing striker. Because first of all, he's big, he's strong, he's good on the ball, he can actually move well with the ball, he's he has very good smart finishing. You know, he can improvise his finishes. He can finish it from outside the box. He's got a good foot, footballing brain. He can be a target man. I just think that when Benzema looks back at his career and says, you know what? I don't think I ever really lived up to my real potential. Because I think if he truly did, Real Madrid would win more La Liga titles for sure. For sure. Like, I think there was one where they were like one or two points behind Barcelona. If Benzema really played up to his standard as a striker, Easily Real Madrid to win a lot more La Liga titles, for sure, for sure. So, um, I think the key thing that they, they need to get Icardi, so. Yeah, that would be that would be wise planning. But mm. but again, I just think Real Madrid are just, this is a investigatory, no, that's not a word. It's a, it's a season of investigation, I would say. Like, who do we keep? What do we need? Which manager do we get? And then they go again. I think this is just like a kind of a write-off. Um, but if they can win something in the meantime, then go for it. All right. So there are two questions left that we want to do on this. Um, let's go with this one. FG, Football God 26. Rank these from most likely to happen to least likely to happen. All right. I think let's start with least likely to most likely. Ronaldo wins a Champions League with Juventus. Neymar wins a Champions League with PSG. Messi wins an international trophy. <laughs> so which is least likely to happen from Ronaldo wins with Juve, Neymar wins with PSG, Messi wins an international trophy? Um, the least likely to happen is Messi wins an international trophy. Same, purely because of the fact you just don't know if like Messi will be like... Like, it's just a, a long way to go till the next World Cup and anything can happen from now till then. Hmm. I, th I think that's, that ship has sailed for yeah, so, least, so, so least likely to happen, we go Messi wins an international trophy. All right, so what is the most likely oh, to You know what? Okay, wait, wait, come, look, 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 we, we, look, this is a cheat question. So, look, we already know what is most likely to happen. No, no, because... no, 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 no. The two other ones he chose... There's no chance of them happening because PSG are a bunch of losers in the Champions League and Messi is an international flop. So, do you know what? I that's, think, a, that's a stupid question, personally. I, no, I think Neymar is more likely to win a Champions League than Ronaldo. No, he's not. No, wait, wait, with PSG or just a Champions League full stop? No, it says Neymar wins UCL for PSG, Ronaldo wins UCL with Juve. 
Do you guys really think that Ronaldo has how many seasons at Juventus? Two after this one, so like three, probably. Haven't you heard the reports of Neymar going back to Barcelona? This PSG thing is not is not going to last more than two more seasons. You see, but maximum I've always, two more seasons. I've always thought if you pay two hundred and twenty-two million euros or whatever it was for a player, mm. and you give him hotels and he's Doesn't your matter. like spokesperson <laughs> for like a World Cup, that he's going to stay. Otherwise, people are going to end up missing. No, no, it doesn't matter. At first, like, I just from what I've been reading and everything I've been looking at, the whole thing, maximum two more seasons at PSG, max. I so, don't think it's as unlikely as people might think that Neymar wins a bro. It's just it's not Champions League. Basically, like, that's not happening. And look, this dude could end up winning this bloody thing this 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 season. Like, he could, he could, he could. If it's if it's this season for sure, um. If by some miracle PSG won the Champions League this season, Neymar wouldn't be there because he's going to get surgery. So would he get credit? No. No. So Because they'd have to go through all of the knockout stages without him. He wouldn't get his credit. So obviously it's, it's an FG question. So we know what the answer is. But, you know, Messi winning an international trophy. Isn't there a Copa America this summer? I was going to answer uh, as Messi being uh, like maybe likely, but when it comes to international, does Copa America count or are we just going to the, uh, focus on the World Cup? That's why I was in both minds about that one. But it's a question in search of a particular answer. Um, all right. So last question. Is it possible to escape brickness? And if so, how does one rid themselves of that mantle from Kwesi? Oh, no, no, no. It's not. It is. I mean, some people I don't think can. I think Janssen will be a brick for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, but there are people like if you're in class... If you're a scholar, it's going to be... I don't think there's ever been a guy who's made it to a scholar level who's actually ever left the academy. But if you're class A, class B, class C, yeah, you can read yourself of great brickness. With hard work, like, look at Lukaku. He's been in and out of the academy. So, um, but if you're, like, a scholar, once you get that status... Like, basically, Sampoli, I think he's stuck with that for the rest of his life. It, it, it depends on how much of a brick you are. Is is Emery not like a permanent brick because of what happened with PSG and Barcelona? The badge is still within the academy confines. The badge, <laughs> but as far as Emery goes, you know what? I put him in there when it happens. But he's been doing good work at Arsenal. That has ends him his his place out of there. But he's still, you know what? It's the British still surrounds him. It still follows him. So, see, this is the thing, and this might be the misconception about the brick academy. Like the Brick Academy is a place, at least from what I've heard, that like they're you're, they're trying to get the brickness out of you. Yeah. Like you go to school to be to learn, and then you leave the academy. It's not a place where you just. It's not a prison. No, 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 no. no that's what. It's, it's the whole point of the academy. Isn't like, oh my gosh, we want we want to keep it here forever. But no, as it says on the mandate, we are here to try and rehabilitate. It's, it's a rehabilitation center. We're here to remove the brickness from you. So as much as I want you to stay personally, because I'm a, I'm a bit sick in the head, we, people actually want you to leave the academy. They actually want you to suspend and they want you to leave. Like Sterling was well, was a brick for like almost like a, a season. This guy is now tier two, which is crazy. So yes, Kwesi, you can escape brickness, but uh, you have to work hard. So Asif, we really appreciate you coming on this week. Good time, smart guy. Where? Yeah, where can people follow you again? So, um, on Twitter at ASIF9707. Ah, cool. Yeah, so his link to Twitter will be in the description of this podcast. Go follow him. Check him out. Read his writings. Um, yeah, 
This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast for this week. If you're a Patreon backer, you will get your 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics Extra. Whenever you feel like checking it out, download the Patreon app. It's actually pretty good. If you're listening on Spotify, follow. If you're listening on iTunes, subscribe. It's free. You can follow us at Talking Tactics on Twitter, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, Instagram, Talking Tactics, SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud, follow us there as well. I'm at Daniel to look. Half Hope, where can the people get you one time? You can find me at Half Hope Portsman. Carl should be back next week. Talking Tactics podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network.